Our theme for this month is knowing the Holy Spirit. Knowing the Holy Spirit. Taken from the book of John chapter 14 and verse number 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit ought to be known. We must take time to know the Holy Spirit. We must know who he is. We must know what he does. His ministry, his mission, his work. His gifts. His fruit. The Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit. We must know technicalities of his guidance. Because the Bible says as many as are laid by the spirit. These are the sons of God. Romans 8 verse 14. We must also know something about the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Fellowship. The fellowship of the Holy Ghost. How do I fellowship with the Spirit of God? What are the likes and the dislikes of the Holy Ghost? These are important aspects that ought to be known by us concerning the Holy Spirit. And in this service, I'll be speaking on the subject, the mission of the Holy Spirit on earth. The mission of the Holy Spirit on earth. The Holy Spirit has been given to us so he can accomplish specific assignments in and through us. He came for a purpose. And that is why our Lord Jesus Christ taught extensively on the subject of the Holy Ghost before he left the earth. And it is in our interest as children of God to really take time to know the Holy Ghost. And in this case, we want to understand and appreciate some few things about his mission here on earth. What is the mission of the Holy Spirit on earth? Number one, to carry out evangelistic activities. The Holy Spirit came to carry out evangelistic activities. He came to execute God's salvation agenda in the earth. That is why in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 38, he is called the Lord of the harvest. He's talking about the harvest of souls. There is no one who can be born again without the involvement or the participation of the Holy Spirit. Number two. What is the mission of the Holy Spirit on earth? Number two, to deepen our knowledge of God and our relationship with him. To deepen our knowledge of God 
and our work or relationship with him. We cannot know God without the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. Because he is the one who knows the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let us look at verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. You cannot know the things of God apart from the spirit of God. It is only through the spirit of God that we know the things of God. So this is very clear to us. We can also look at John chapter 16 verses 13 to 15. John chapter 16 verse number 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, meaning the Holy Ghost has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not hear this speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, verse number 14. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is the one who knows what is Jesus's. So he will take that which is of Jesus and declare it to who? To you. So nothing of Jesus is declared to a person without the Holy Ghost because he is the spokesperson among the Godhead. He is the spokesperson of heaven, the Holy Ghost. He is a divine informant. A divine informant. He is the one who takes that which is of the Father, which is also of Jesus, and he declares it to the church. He declares it to the Christian. He declares it to the believers. You cannot know anything of Jesus. Anything of God without the Holy Spirit. He is the one who knows the things of God. The things of God. So he deepens our knowledge of God. And our relationship with him. Number three. What is the mission of the Holy Spirit on earth? Number three. Now hear this. Mission number three of the Spirit of God upon the earth is... To empower the church for kingdom service. To empower the believers for effective and explosive ministry. To empower the church for kingdom service. We cannot serve God effectively without the empowerment of the spirit. Beloved, it takes power to do exploits. It takes power to do exploits for God. There is work that God wants us to do, but we cannot do it without power. You remember he taught them in Matthew 28 and verse 19. Matthew 28 and verse 19. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. Where the Bible says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He gave them an assignment. But later on, just about the time he was to leave the earth and ascend back into the heavens, he gave them an important instruction. Now, these very same people to whom he said, go into all the world and preach unto all creatures. Go and make disciples of all nations. He gave them an important instruction. Please listen to this. Luke 24 verse 49. Luke 24 and verse 49. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. That is one way of saying, do not leave Jerusalem. Ah, but you've told us to go and preach. He said, oh no, you can't go without power. You can't go without power. You need to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Until you are endured with power. You cannot carry out kingdom service without power. We need the power of God upon us. And who is the source of this power? Acts chapter 1 verse number 8. What did he say to them before he ascended into the heavens? He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So the Holy Spirit has a mission here on earth of empowering the church for ministry empowering the church for ministry empowering the church for ministry now hear this acts chapter 4 and verse number 31 acts chapter 4 and verse number 31 and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was what shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What was the result of it? The Bible says they spoke the word of God with boldness. Their ministry was empowered. Their ministry was enhanced when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. He brings power. He brings power for ministry. He brings power for ministry. <laughs> In Acts chapter 13... Let's look at verse number one, but I'm looking for verse two, but let's start from verse number one. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now look at verse number two. Now listen to this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, now separate to me. Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. For which I have called. He, he, th that is what he does. He empowers. He empowered Saul. You remember. In Acts chapter 9. When this man Saul received Jesus. As Lord and personal savior. You remember in that encounter on his way to Damascus. And he was blinded because of that bright light for three days and three nights. Now hear this. God spoke to a man by the name Ananias. Who said, go to this particular street. You're going to meet a man by the name Saul. And when this man went, he said to him, brother Saul, 
the Lord who appeared to you has spoken to me that I should pray for you. Hear this. That you may receive your sight and receive the Holy Ghost. So, Saul that we are reading about here is a, who, that, that fellow who later became Paul, Apostle Paul. This is the one. He was among the teachers and the prophets. Now, you need to understand that ministry is progressive. Ministry is what? Progressive. Saul, in Acts chapter 9, verse number 17, started as a brother. Have you seen it? And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, have you seen it? Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive here this your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I've seen so many young people that will receive Jesus today as their Lord and personal Savior. In three weeks, they begin to call themselves Apostle. Apostle for what? Where is it coming from? Are you at a level in life to handle apostolic temptations? Because every office comes with its own afflictions. Are you able to handle the distresses of the type, the kind that Apostle Paul encountered? He started as a brother, brother Saul. And yet his calling was that of an apostle. But he had to start from somewhere. He started as a brother. He didn't say, hey, brother Ananias, you are mistaken. I am poor. Oh, I'm apostle. No. And then in Acts chapter 13 now, and verse number 2. I mean, verse number 1. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. Who are gathered at Antioch? Prophets and teachers. Have you seen it? Prophets and teachers. We are not told what Paul was or rather Saul was at this point. But certainly he was among the prophets and the teachers. So he was either a prophet or a teacher. Because it doesn't say there were gathered there certain apostles. No. But certain prophets and teachers. And one among them was Saul and Barnabas. It was later that now he was ordained to become an apostle. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But what I wanted you to see is that the Holy Ghost who filled Saul in Acts chapter 9, empowered Saul in Acts chapter 9, speaks here in verse number 2. Put verse number 2 there for us. He says, Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2. Okay. He says, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. That is one way of saying for the work to, for which I have empowered them. I have given them ability to do that work. Praise the name of Jesus. Whatever you want to do for God, you need the Holy Ghost to empower you. You cannot be effective in the work of the ministry without the empowerment of the Spirit. Without the empowerment of the Spirit. What are the specific things that the Holy Spirit does to empower us for ministry? Let's look at some of them. What are the specific things that the Holy Spirit does to empower us for kingdom service? Number one, he anoints us to do the work of God. So the first dimension of this empowerment is the impartation of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 4 
verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. Whatever you believe you have been called to do, you must be anointed for it. And the Holy Ghost is the one who does the work of anointing ministers for the work of the ministry. Jesus had a calling to preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and many other things, but he had to be anointed for it. He had to be anointed for it. He had to be anointed for it. I think there was a year, was it last year or the other year, I taught extensively on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe those ministry materials are available. The anointing of the Spirit. Because it's a whole series that we have to talk about. The anointing of the Spirit. What is the anointing? Types of the anointing? How do you catch the anointing? How do you flow in the anointing? How do you increase in power? Praise the name of Jesus. Ask your neighbor for me, what have you been called to do? Ask them, what have you been called to do? You must be anointed for it. If you don't want to embarrass yourself, get the anointing for what you believe you've been called to do. Because there are no results in ministry without the anointing. If you operate like the sons of Skeva, who tried to undertake the deliverance ministry without power, they were left naked. You know, most of the deliverance ministers, they dress gorgeously. But they were left naked by demons. They said, Paul we know. Jesus we know. But who are you? You are a stranger. And they knocked them down and they ran for their dear life naked. <laughs> you cannot do it without the anointing of the Spirit. Without the anointing of the Spirit. Ask your neighbor again for me what have you been called to do? Are you anointed for it? Hallelujah. You know, it looks easy, I believe, when you see me preaching like this. Okay? Eh? And you can see that, like today, I'm not sweating. So it's, you may think, ah, I think, this, I can also do this. I think it's a matter of connecting scriptures and what. I'll just memorize a few of them. If you do it without the anointing, by the time you arrive here, you'll be scattered. You'll, be, you'll just be saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. You, some of you are not saying hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah? <laughs> because you don't have anything to say. <laughs> I'm not standing here by experience. I'm standing here by the anointing. It is the anointing that makes life easy. It is the anointing that makes the work of God easy. It is the anointing that makes ministry easy. Because the anointing will destroy the yoke. Any yoke that may be trying to rise against you in ministry, the anointing will destroy it. Number two, what specific things does the Spirit of God do 
to empower us for effective ministry. Number one, he anoints us to do the work of God. Number two, he distributes gifts, operations, and ministries. He distributes gifts, operations, and ministries. Yes, that is what he does. He gives out what we call spiritual abilities. They are also called gifts of the Holy Spirit. He distributes gifts, operations, and ministries. He distributes gifts, operations, and ministries. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. There are, here this, diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. But the same spirit. Verse number five. There are differences of what? Ministries. Oh, some people say, why is it that there are so many ministries? Uh uh. You have not read 1 Corinthians 12, verse number five. There are differences of what? Ministries. In other words, there are so many types of ministries. That is why you find out that every ministry is unique. Yes. I don't think this is the first church you've gone to or you have attended. You've been to other churches. You find out that how ministry is done there is totally different or somehow different from what we do here. It's not that they are wrong and it's not that we are wrong. <laughs> it's only that there are differences of ministry. Differences of administrations. Verse number six. Verse number six. And there are here this diversities of activities. That is why it may not be necessary to ask us why we don't do certain things here. Because there are diversities of activities. That other activities are being done in a particular ministry does not mean every ministry should carry out those activities because there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. And the same God here refers to the Holy Ghost. The, the Spirit of God. And there are diversities of activities. Diversities of ministries. Diversities of churches. Diversities of callings. But the caller is the same. The caller is the same, but the callings are different. The callings are diverse. They are of Different categories. Verse number seven. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then verses eight to ten, there's a listing there of different manifestations of the spirit. But let's look at verse number 11. Verse number 11. It says, but one and the same spirit works all these things. Here this distributing to each one individually as he wills distributing to each one individually as he wills so he is a distributor of spiritual gifts and that is one of the ways that he uses to empower the church and to empower individual believers for the work of the ministry number three how else does he empower us? Hear this. He also empowers us by imparting us with what? 
boldness and confidence for ministry. Boldness and confidence for ministry. He imparts boldness and confidence for ministry. Ministry requires a lot of confidence. Can you imagine if I stood here and I said, you know, uh, brothers and sisters, you know, we are all weak. And um, um, it's not that the things that uh, we are sharing here can really be done by all of us. You know, but we, well, let's try, let's try. And actually, I will, I'm not very ready, but uh, I think uh, I did not prepare uh, to preach, but I will try. Maybe, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe I should preach from Jeremiah chapter what? I think let's go to Luke. I, I think some of you will leave the place immediately because you don't want nonsense from the altar. Hallelujah. You'd want to hear from someone who has the boldness and the confidence of the Lord to speak to you. Am I right? Hallelujah. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is to give people confidence. 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 You also need this boldness because ministry is spiritual affair. Ministry is what? Spiritual warfare. Ministry is spiritual warfare. You see, as a minister, sometimes you get different reactions from people that hear you. Others will be saying, ah, this pastor doesn't have the word. His revelation is not very deep. And those things will reach your ears as a preacher. There are certain comments that people make about a preacher that can easily erode the confidence of the preacher. Things that can easily make him say and conclude that, please, I think I will not preach again. Things that can easily make him to change his message. In order for him to preach a message that the people want to hear. So if you are not bored, if you don't have the confidence of the Lord, you are going to train yourself into someone who preaches what people want to hear and not necessarily what God wants you to speak to the people. Because these days, in these last days, Apostle Paul says many people will have itching ears. What they want is to only hear what they want to hear. So when a pastor preaches something different, they get agitated and they begin to speak ill against him. And that is where you need what? Boldness. And this boldness is imparted upon the preacher, upon the Christian, upon the minister by the Holy Spirit. I gave you Acts chapter 4 and verse number 31. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, two things happened. The Bible says, number one, they spoke the word of God. Number two, they were filled with what? Boldness. 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 If you want to do great things for God, you need boldness. There's nothing much you can do in this life without boldness. Without confidence. Actually, somebody said that confidence is the conqueror's backbone. Confidence is the conqueror's backbone. To lack confidence is to suffer defeat. Because you can't conquer without it. You can't conquer in life or in any battle without confidence. Without confidence. Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. Let's move on to look at the other mission of the Holy Spirit here on earth. Number three, to empower the church for effective and explosive ministry or call it kingdom service. And I've shown you in some ways some of the things that the Holy Ghost does to achieve that in our lives. Number four, why did he come? Number four, he came to be our master warrior or fighter in the battles of life. The Holy Spirit came to help us in the battles of life. He came to be our master warrior or fighter in the battles of life. He's a fighter. In Isaiah 59 and verse 19, I want us to look at this. Isaiah 59 and verse 19. The Bible says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Now hear this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, glory to God, will lift up a standard against him. He's a standard lifter. He's the Lord our banner, the Lord our victory. He will lift up a banner of victory against the enemies. The spirit of the Lord is a master warrior. Call him a master strategist in battle. A master strategist in battle. He came with the mission of fighting or helping us to fight the battles of life. That is why with the Holy Ghost inside of you, you must vow never to be stranded. With the Holy Spirit inside of you, you must vow never to be stranded. Never to be stranded. Beginning this hour, Every enemy that shall ever dare to rise against you, the Holy Ghost shall knock them down in the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit shall knock your enemies down in the name of Jesus. Please, I'm talking to you. Can I hear loud a shout of amen? Let us sample some of the fighting strategies of the Holy Spirit. Fighting strategies of the Holy Spirit. Number one. 
He quells darkness and chaos in the lives of believers. He quells. You know the word quell is very strong there. He quells. Q-U-E-L-L-S. Q-U-E-L-L-S. He quells darkness and chaos in the lives of believers. We saw that in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1 to 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. That is the chaos I'm talking about. And darkness was on the face of the deep. But this is not what God wanted. The earth was without form. It was in a state of chaos, the state of confusion. And there was darkness everywhere. There are times in life when life is like this for some of God's children. You see chaos everywhere around you. You see darkness, emptiness, empty accounts, empty fridge, empty pocket, empty handbag. Anyway, at least handbags of women, there will be at least some tissues and all that. But not money. It says the handbag was void. Bank account void. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in this verse, we are dealing with the earth. You may not be dealing with the earth. Maybe you are dealing with a bank account that is void. A marriage that is void of peace. Void of satisfaction. Void of harmony. But here it is. The Bible says, while this was happening, something was also happening. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now that word hovering also means moving. Now this kind of moving was a rush with power. It's like like what happened in Acts chapter 2. Can we get there verse number 1? Verse number 1 to 3. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. I want you to have a picture of what was happening in creation. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse number two. Now suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a what? A rushing mighty wind. <laughs> so that's the hovering he's talking about. A rush of power. And the Holy Ghost was waiting for just one thing. Which happened in verse number 3. Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 3. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 3. Quickly please. The Bible says. And God said. Let there be light. That hovering now. This moving spirit. Light came by the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> power! Somebody shout power. power! Christianity is not a weekly, weekly, weekly thing. It's a powerful thing. The Christian life is a powerful life. It says, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. He's talking about Zoe, the supernatural life of God. 
the buoyant life of God, the victorious life of God. From today, whatever was molesting you, we molest it now in the name of Jesus. I said we molest it right now in the name of Jesus. We molest that yoke of hell in the name of Jesus. Please, I'm talking to you. Can I hear loud a shout of amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Darkness was quelled at the instance of some declaration from God the Father. God employed the word, let there be light. Actually, Bible scholars have told us that the correct interpretation of the Hebrew rendering of this verse should have been light be because the way it is written here it is as if god was begging begging let there be light uh -uh. light be and light become power darkness disappeared at the instance of the word of light and the executor of that word manifesting it into that which was spoken was the Holy Ghost. It is the Spirit of God, hear this, who makes the Word become flesh. So he is the custodian of manifestations. The Holy Ghost is a custodian of what? Manifestations. He is the one who manifests what the Word carries. So it, if, if it is the word of light, it is the spirit of God who manifests the light as packaged in the word. I don't know whether I'm talking to you. Am I talking to you now? Yes. Number two. He blows open, closed doors and passages in life. He blows open, closed doors and passages in life. Number one, he quells darkness and chaos in the lives of believers. Number two, he blows open closed doors and passages in life. We've seen that many times in the Bible. The Holy Spirit at work. We'll begin with Acts chapter 16, verses 25 to 26. Maybe let's start from verse 23. Acts chapter 16, verse 23 to 26. The Bible says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Verse number 24. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Verse number 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. That was a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. The demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. He came in form of a great earthquake. He shook the foundations of the prison. And immediately, how many doors were open? All doors. All doors. I don't know what doors you desire to open for you financially, maritally, in business, in career. Lift your right hand. I decree today the Holy Ghost is blowing those doors open in the name of Jesus Christ. I said those doors are being blown open now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout three times, I receive my open doors. I receive my open doors. I receive my open doors. I receive my 
Let's look at Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 to 22. The children of Israel are on their way to the promised land, but Red Sea says, said, shut up, you're not going to cross here. You are not going to cross here. Shut up. And meanwhile, the enemies, the Egyptians, were coming behind them to pursue them, take them back to the land of Egypt. Because Pharaoh had said, we have made a mistake to let the people go. We must take them back so they can work for us. Otherwise, who will be working for us? And Red Sea was in front. They couldn't go any further because of the Red Sea. What happened? The Bible says that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. That is the Red Sea. And the Lord, hear this, caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. Red Sea was blown open by the power of God. Because the Hebrew rendering for the word spirit is pneuma, which means breath, wind. So the Holy Ghost manifested here in form of a strong east wind. A strong east wind. Because in intervening in the battles of your life, the Holy Ghost can take ownership. Sometimes he can come in form of fire. If I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. And fire came and consumed the 50 together with their captain. 51 of them. I'm talking about 2 Kings chapter 1. Fire! Sometimes the Holy Ghost can come in form of a flood. All kinds, all kinds of manifestations. He blew open the Red Sea. Lift the right hand. Anything posing as a Red Sea to hinder your progress and your entrance into the promised land. We blow it open now by the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. We blow it open right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Please can I hear loud a shout of amen. Hear this. How else does the Holy Ghost fight for us? We're just sampling some few things here. Otherwise, there's so much to talk about. Hear this. He gives us what to say in times of trials. And for those looking for employment and going for interviews, even in times of interviews, because an interview is a trial of some kind. <laughs> Tell us your name. Can we know you? Please, what do you understand by exchange rate movement? Ah, exchange rate movement. Ah. Pass, pass, pass. Hmm? Pass, you have passed. What are you saying? They want to make fun of you. Sir, can you tell us what is exchange rate movement? Um, exchange rate movement is the movement of exchanges or what? You don't know any. So it's a trial. An interview is a form of trial. 
So the Holy Ghost gives us what to say in moments of crisis, moments of trials, when you don't know what next to do, when you are cornered, you are in a fix. There is persecution or whatever trial you may be facing. And you are called upon to answer or say something. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say. Did you know that? Luke chapter 12, verses 11 to 12. Now, what this serves to show us is that, please, let us not limit what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives only to ministry. Where you're only looking at preaching, anything spiritual, anything ministry related. The Holy Spirit is needed in all aspects of our lives, including in our workplaces, including in our businesses. As we travel around the world or within the country, we need the engagement and the participation of the Holy Spirit in whatever we are doing. Hallelujah. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, hear this, do not worry about how approach and what content. It says, do not worry about how you are going to approach it. It says, do not worry about how or what you should answer. Or what you should say. So the Holy Spirit is there to give you even the correct approach to an assignment. The correct approach. The how of the assignment. He's there to show you how things ought to be done correctly. So you are not stranded. He says, do not worry about how or what. You should answer or what you should say. Why? Verse number 12. Let's look at it. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. That means I'm not permitted to fail an exam. Because the Holy Spirit is there to teach me that very hour. That boy, this is how to dissect this theory. In order to get maximum marks. You can only fail if you have not allowed the Holy Ghost to teach you. He's a teacher. He says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. You'll be telling a boy, say this. Say this. Whether it is an interview or it is whatever, court case, or they are persecuting you for whatever reasons and they want you to say something, the Holy Ghost will put words in your mouth. Hallelujah. If you are looking for somebody to marry you and you don't know how to approach the lady, actually the Holy Ghost will put words to prick the heart of the young lady. So you are stranded because you are not involving the Holy Spirit. You are operating on your own by trial and error. That is why trials continue in the lives of so many people. Life is not an experiment. Life is not a feasibility study. You don't experiment with life. Life does not operate by guesswork. Life does not operate by trial and error. You need the Holy Ghost to show you how to do it. To show you how to do it. To show you how to do it. Praise the Lord. 
Anyway, uh, we need to be closing now. Let's look at the next one. That was number what? Number four. Now let's move to number five. Number five. Before I give you what it is, I want us to look at Second Corinthians chapter one, verses twenty-one to twenty-two. Second Corinthians chapter one. Now hear this. Now he who establishes us with you is Christ and has anointed us. Please let me come again. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Somebody shout, I am anointed. Say it again, I am anointed. Verse 22, now hear this. Who also, hear this, has sealed us and given us the spirit now, spirit there is capital A, meaning the Holy Ghost, in our hearts as a guarantee. So let's talk about that. The Holy Spirit has a mission here on earth to operate as surety, 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 collateral, a guarantee. As a deposit. I want to use this word. He came as a deposit. Of the promises of God. I will explain what that means. He came as a deposit. A guarantee. A collateral. Of the promises of God. Those of you that have bought things on higher purchase. I remember that time. We... We had this, what they called what? Carnival. Spring finishers. People are going there to get all kinds of items on our purchase. You were supposed to pay what? A deposit. There was a percentage that you were supposed to pay before you could get whatever it is. It was a sign of seriousness. Maybe let's leave that out. If I come to you and I say, I want to buy this car. I'm serious. How much is it? I uh, seven million. I'm serious. I want to get this car. Please, please don't don't display it because just put it somewhere because I need this car. I'll buy it. You will be telling me, can you please give me a deposit? Something that will guarantee the fact that you are serious about this transaction. And so I will give you two million quatches as a deposit. So the Holy Spirit has been given to the church as a deposit of the promises of God. God is saying, what I have promised you in blessing, prosperity, promotion, long life, divine health, protection, victories, and testimonies is true. And this is how I will demonstrate the truthfulness of my promises. I will give you the Holy Spirit. Are we together here? I will give you the Holy Spirit. As long as the Spirit of God is inside of you,
you can as well rest assured that every promise that I have given you, no matter how long it takes, that promise shall come to pass. Hallelujah. He has given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Can we have it in NIV? NIV. Oh my God. Read it everyone. One to go. Set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That is why it is impossible for me to doubt God. Because he has given me a deposit. He has put in me his spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Guaranteeing the husband who is to come. Guaranteeing the promotion that is to come. Guaranteeing the fruit of the womb that is to come. Guaranteeing my financial breakthrough that is to come. Guaranteeing my houses that are coming. Guaranteeing my car that is coming. Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. What a deposit. Somebody shout what a deposit. What a deposit. The Holy Ghost is a deposit. That is why it is important for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with other tongues. Because as I speak in tongues, I am reminded of the presence of the Spirit inside of me. And that reminder of his presence inside of me also reminds me of the fact that he is a deposit. Guaranteeing every blessing that is yet to manifest in my life. That I should not doubt at all because those blessings are a settled matter. I don't know what you are believing God for. Let it come to pass. I said let that thing come to pass in the name of Jesus. Your testimony is coming to pass. Your promotion is coming to pass. Your breakthrough is coming to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Your marital settlement is coming to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your healing miracle is coming to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus. Any kind of breakthrough you desire is coming to pass. I said it is coming to pass. Somebody shout let it come to pass. Say it again, let it come to pass. Now, let us work with NIV, Ephesians chapter 1. Let, let's, let's look at uh, what Apostle Paul has to say to us in verse number 13, going into 14. Ephesians 1, the Bible says, and you also. Uh, yeah, yeah, tell your neighbor, you also. Because some people, they think they are not part of it. No, you're also part of it. It says, and you also were included in Christ. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you are included. 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 You shall always be found among the testifiers. In the name of Jesus Christ. You were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. The gospel of our salvation. Having believed, hear this. You were marked in him with a seal. What is that seal? The promised Holy Spirit. Oh my God. Verse number 14. Now hear this. 
who is a what? A deposit guaranteeing what? Our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. The spirit of God is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And you know what the master told us? He said, whoever has left father, mother, husband, wife, and what in this life shall not fail to receive in this life a hundredfold land, houses. Those are earthly inheritances of the believers. Ask your neighbor, do you have a house? What is the answer? <laughs> Mark 10, 29. Let's look at it. Mark 10, 29. Deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Let's start from verse 28. Peter said to him, we have left how many things? Everything to follow you. You know, in our language, they say, it was one way of saying, now, we have left everything to follow you. Is there any benefit? Please, can you shed more light on this thing? So Jesus says in verse 29, I tell you the truth. Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me. And the gospel, verse number 30, will fail here is to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Ah, yeah, yeah. So the things he's listing there are for this present. Homes are not for heaven. Homes must be owned here. While you are still alive here on earth. May you own a home in the name of Jesus. May you own properties in the name of Jesus. May you own land in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. He says, you shall have homes, brothers, sisters. That is, now, that should be understood to mean connections. That God will connect you with the right people. Mothers, children, and fields, that is land. And then he says, with them what? Persecutions. That is where now you need the deposit. Because as you are waiting for your home, it's like two years, three years. The home is not coming. You may start doubting. So the whole... God has given you the Holy Ghost as a deposit to guarantee the fact that your home is coming. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. It says brothers, sisters. These are brothers in the Lord, sisters in the Lord. From where you get your own husband, your own wife. So nobody who wants to be married should remain unmarried. Because there are so many brothers and there are so many what? Sisters. If you need counseling, there are so many mothers. If you need the fruit of the womb, there are so many children. If you want to build a house, there are so many fields. Hallelujah. There are so many fields. So many fields. Accounting field. Legal field. So everyone must have a field where they should be thriving. Thriving, thriving, thriving. Everyone here shall thrive in career in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I say 
You shall thrive in career in the name of Jesus. Please jump on your feet. Let us bless the Lord. Lift your voice, please, everyone. Your amen was very loud. So please, let's give the Lord loud praise. Lift your voice, everybody. Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name. Please, I give you how many? How many points? Five. Can I give you number six while you remain standing? Because this is important. It will lead us to the next thing that we want to do very quickly because, uh, before we close. The mission of the Holy Spirit on earth. Number six. To release or distribute the physical needs of the believers. To release or distribute the physical needs of the believers. The physical needs of the believers. You remember in Philippians 4.19 the Bible says my God will supply all your needs or will meet all your needs and my God shall supply all your need all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus and this work is carried out by the Holy Spirit in many, many ways. Three of them that I want to talk about quickly are number one, he ministers good health to people. He ministers good health. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11. He ministers good health. The Bible says the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. He's talking about the physical bodies. Can we have the amplified version of this verse? Let's amplify it. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He's talking about the supply of vitality, the supply of health, physical health, physical health to the people. Number two, he brings material provisions. The Holy Spirit brings, supplies material needs, material provisions to the people. We saw that, for example, in Numbers 11 and verse number 31. Numbers 11 and verse number 31. Now, a wind 
went out from the Lord. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. A wind that comes from the Lord is nothing but the wind of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The breath of the Almighty. And when this wind came, what did it bring? It did not bring something spiritual. It brought something physical. Quail. These are birds. Quails. And they sell them in town these days, isn't it? They are there. You can try eating quails this evening. Or after service if you're not fasting. To have a test. Now, you will have to buy to eat it. But for them, it came by the wind of the spirit. Don't tell me there's, there, there, there's, there's no quail. Unless you are telling me that there is no wind. Don't tell me you are lacking quails. Unless you are telling me you are lacking wind. And the wind went out from the Lord and it brought what? Quail from the sea. It brought them. Birds came from the sea by the wind that came from the presence of God. The wind of the Holy Ghost is a wind of physical supplies. Physical supplies. If there is anything material you desire, you can engage the Holy Ghost for its release and supply. If there is anything you desire, you can engage the Holy Ghost for the supply of it. For the supply of those material provisions. Don't tell me it could only happen in the Old Testament. Unless you tell me that the God we serve now is not the same God that led the children of Israel in the wilderness. Beloved, let us be serious about this matter. I don't know what you are looking for. I want to give you one minute in the interest of time. To cry out to God and say, God, send your wind to release quails, to release husband, to release promotion, to release business contracts, to release whatever it is that you desire in your life. It is available in the wind of God. Lift your voice, everybody. Lift your voice. How many are praying? Lift your voice, please. Lift your voice. The wind is here. 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 What dimension of quail are you looking for? The wind is making it available to you. The wind of God is making it available to you. It must happen. You must get your portion. 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 Masala bandelelebo salakatala mamandelebo saya. your portion the wind of God is blowing here the wind of the Lord is blowing the wind of the Lord is blowing
wind of the Lord is blowing. The wind of the Lord is blowing. Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. I hope you really mean what you're doing. I hope you really mean what you're doing. We are not just praying to fulfill an engagement. We are not just praying because somebody has told us to pray. We should really mean what we are doing. Because this was a serious matter we are reading about here. People had nothing to eat. And God engaged the wind. They were in a desperate situation. So for them, this was not a simple matter. It was a serious matter. And I hope you are serious about how you are praying and what you are praying for. In line with this. If you believe it, can I hear a shout of amen? If you know God has held and answered your prayer, can I hear you shout of amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Yes, thank God, thank God, thank God. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your grace, the anointing, the impartation. In Jesus' mighty name, we have thanked him. Hallelujah. Please lift your hands for the final blessing. Now, may the Lord bless you. Amen. I say, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. By the impartation of the spirit of God. Today I see you rising high and high. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. May the Lord cause all your enemies to flee at your appearance. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Wherever you go may fire go before you. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. may the grace of God speak for you. Amen. In that interview, may the Spirit of God tell you what to say. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. I declare that by the Spirit of God, you shall never be stranded again. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. this week, may the Spirit of God order your steps. Amen. May you know what to do at the right time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now lest we forget all round dominion is my portion and that of my family PICC and my nation in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 23 verse number 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.